Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Welcome to the show. This week we have Josefina Tosberkovich. She is a leader at Vinely company that allows startups to step up their game she's the was the chief product manager or is the chief product manager but also the ceo so a lot of great relevant experience for the listeners a lot of folks kind of toe the line a little bit and, and at least want to move into what you're doing today so excited to dive in with you and thank you for coming to the show today it's nice to have you well thank you for your time here to talk a little more about the product world yeah. So tell me a little bit about Vinely and if you can also weave in some of your background. We always do kind of like an elevator pitch. I'd love to hear a little bit about that on yourself. And though I started like 15 years ago as process improvement specialist, digging into the IT world kind of 13 years ago, I worked as project manager at the beginning, implementing new software for big companies. That was way before the race of new technologies and the race of IT as we know nowadays. So back on those days, the IT product process was not something that known by people, by regular people. So people, they don't even know uh, until nowadays what I do. It's uh, difficult to, to, difficult to explain. But yeah, I started my, my first steps were into the uh, process improvement and project management. Uh, I've been project manager for a while, more than 10 years, leading different teams. Uh, as I said, I started for big, comp- big companies here in Argentina. I lived in Argentina. And then five years ago, I started working with the startups um, and that's when I got to know the, the world of the product management world, just, just by chance. And well, I've been doing product project management for a couple of years. I founded finally two years ago. And well, here we are, as you said, I'm switching uh, between roles, between product management. That is what I love to do. And CEO, that is what I need to do. 
for the things to be up and running nowadays. So now describe Vinily today it, the way that I understand it, kind of supplementary IT for other companies. Maybe you're doing more consultative work. Is this kind of the way to think about it? Yeah. Vinily is divided into two business units. The first one is related to mainly product. When your client have an idea, they come to us, we help then design the prototype, an MVP, not only just the deliverable of the documents, uh, but also we conduct uh, market research, users research, users testing. So for people that they don't have an idea or to start when they have an idea, we help them uh, create that first uh, MVP to, to be built then for by a, a development team. And also we provide improvements, improvement services or processes for startups, uh, mainly uh, small or medium-sized companies that they need uh, processes or they need to grow and they don't have the proper systems. We provide consultancy on that sense and helping them create processes, create, set up the tools they need, automate all the the processes that could be automated, designing all the, the, the workflows for them to to work properly and to scale. That's awesome. A whole bunch we can get into there. Vinoli is almost three years old, right? And yeah. this is something that you started from the ground up? Yes, it started this as I, I saw a need in the market of doing especially product. I worked with several software development companies Nowadays, they are partners, but they found out that their focus was more on the technical and there was a missing part for the product that I kind of had to cover with the designers. So I started reading and starting studying a little more about that. And I found out that back on those days, that was actually a role that existed, that there are fundamentals that there were a lot of theories, people, books. So I said, well, I love this. It makes sense as my first approach into the world of working with process improvement. So I felt that it was a more natural transition from process to product rather than to process to project management. Besides, I, I breathe project management. I found out that product was very attached to processes, to improvement. So process kind of set up my skill set and my mind. Then when I got into the product world, it was so easy to understand everything more natural rather than a project that is a little bit more structured. Awesome. So you found this need, you started this process kind of consultancy that led into now this product ideation to MVP design and market user research, testing, experimentation. And like, where, where did you learn all these skills? Like you mentioned a couple books and potentially some ways to dive in deep, but what was, what resonated with you? Where did you learn it? Well, I, I guess that as most of us, Google, it's our first approaching tool. I started kind of digging in by soft learner. Besides, I have like formal education that's not a hundred related percent to, to what are we do in IT. I found out that I'm a soft learner. I like to learn the things not in the so structured way. 
I'm curry, very curious. So I started first with, well, what is UI UX designing? What is a product manager? What is, and then I started learning everything by myself and by experimenting. Experimentating. I had like, thanks God, I had where I have worked with people that allowed me to do the things as I wanted to, to experiment and to also uh, be able to have any space to, to, to do that. So I, I had a friend that she got into the Prada world a little bit more ahead of me. So I took some of her courses. She, she was from Argentina. She used to have a school that teaches about design, design thinking, how to think creatively, innovation, all those ty- type of stuff. What was her name or what was the school? She's not with us anymore. So. Oh, no. Yeah. No. She oh, left geez. us a okay. year ago. So, well, but she was one of my first mentors when I started the process, like, again, it was 12 years ago. She was my mentor in processes. Then back in the years, she was my mentor into product and design. So she shipped careers as well from product, from processes to product. And well, as I knew her, I knew that she was uh, really a person. She was really dedicated to education here in Argentina. I trust that whatever she was going to, to provide to me was going to be really helpful. Well, and you know, things happen because they have to happen after taking some courses with her and uh, trying to get more into the product size. Uh, I started having more products related, you know, I had more than 12 years as project manager. So most of the, mm. the, the, the jobs were related to projects. That like back then I started having more uh, product-related projects instead of projects. So I was kind of in the middle between the client ideas mm. and the executing team, just like a product owner, product manager, a role. Oh, well, that that was uh, a change that was unexpected, but you know, by the way that you start learning about something and putting energy in something, things just turn around to you to be like the path you need to follow. I love to try to share those resources that really resonated with you on your journey. And so if there's any that come up across that's worth sharing that are still there, then let's chat about it because I'd love to share that knowledge with others. If we turn to the current day with Vinali, now this ideation to MVP design. I'm very curious about your approach here. So can you give me like an example of, you don't have to use specifics, but a client that is engaging with you in this respect, when they come with you with like, Hey, I have an idea to go build the next greatest food app. How does that actually turn into an MVP design and how do you influence it? Well, we've learned in these three years, like a lot, we had diverse type of clients. And the one thing is to have like this initial uh, talk, Every people that has an idea, they are so in love with their idea and they tell you not only about the idea, but the things that they are really, they are already thinking to make that happen. So there is like a, a, like a change management techniques that you need to implement through the whole process, because you are talking to people that are in love. 
So there are things that they won't be able to see at once. So after mm. a lot of trial and making mistakes, well, cheating the round, we decided to set up like our methodology, at least the one that, that, that helped, that, that was helpful for us. That is okay. Have this first meeting to understand the idea, to understand if there is a market fit. So we first make like a research to see if we, well, it's something that is worth for both of both to work together. Then we come with the results. We present those results to our future client to say, hey, this is what the market says. Uh, this is, these are kind of your, uh, not, not in, in the big detail, but at least on the high level, which are going to be the user's persona. What is uh, the market that you want to cover? Uh, these are your competitors. This is what they already have. And this is what the people says they want that they are not giving to them. So after that meeting, we decide mm. if the uh, client understood, understood what we said and they are aligned that they, okay, yes, let's move forward. Uh, we start working on a plan. But if they are stick to their idea and they can't see these numbers, uh, I know that's going to be like a difficult project. And most of the cases, mm. we try not to do that because we've been there. So that's the first part of, yeah, we, we're trying to be like 100% so if... honest on, on what this is your yeah. idea. You're in love, but my uh, role here is to provide you numbers and to provide you with the reality of, okay, you have this idea, but maybe your idea is not going to be a hundred percent as you dreamed, because, uh, you if you want to be profitable, if you are like a philanthropy that you want to create something just because, okay, let's do whatever you want. Don't, mm. don't, don't mm. look to the numbers, but if you want to do business with your idea, first, we need to take that first approach. If I were to recap, that first step is that you conduct this debrief of meeting, which is like a yes. de debrief of the idea where you're trying to get all the context from the client, where you're understanding. Then you take that information from the debrief meeting and then you conduct market research. You're doing some sort of underserved need research as well and then distilling it in a presentation back to the client to say, Based on what you said, here's what we have for you. And it's either there's a decision that needs to be made from there, either to pivot or persevere, right? Or to kill, I guess, based on what they want to take. And it'll also determine your level of engagement and as next steps, right? Yes, totally. Because after that, there are there is like a lot of work to be done that we need to be aligned or to be on the same page that we are looking at the same picture. Just to drill in on that step, with that meeting, I'm going to assume there's a set of questions that you use that gather this information for you. I'm curious about that initial meeting a little bit more and then also that market research. How do you conduct it? What are the elements? I'm, I'm assuming they're tightly connected to this interview. Maybe we could start with the questions and then we can go to like those elements of the research itself. Yes. Well, we, we have everything documented, like templates to conduct us. First, we try to, well, as any product to see which is going to be the, the location, the market, the market, the demographics, as much as detail as we can get from the client. Sometimes the, the answer is, I don't know yet. So in those cases, 
That's why I say this first research is more on the high level because there are a lot of blank spaces mm. that we are not 100% how are going to be filled. And well, after that, making some, some questions about first the idea itself in terms of what they think they want to do. And then we ask this awkward question that is, what problem are you going to solve to those to, to that people. And then we try the client to be as open and honest as possible because we want to see what they imagine, what's the link between their idea and the answers that or they think what they are going to solve. Because then we are going to ask the users to ask the market and to review what is out there. If there is something that is already solved, solving that problem or not, first to see if there is like, okay, a, a, hand, a percentage of market seed for that. And well, we try to conduct a small surveys between our database, small questions about different, again, uh, like a questionnaire of how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? What do you think mm -hmm. if? You had, I don't know, an app, a web, a solution, whatever that is going to solve X, Y, Z. And with all those results, we build this document that you build that the... Is all the, the, this, this research. Besides the data that we can get from software and from systems, there is also these, these like first approach to these targets. Again, this is more high level. It's not that we are. Uh, defining yeah. all the users and where the pain points, but at least you have a rough idea if, especially if this is a, is a problem that is not solved yet, just to validate that it's really a problem that needs to be solved. And then you're chiseling away at what this idea could be as a part of this MVP as a next step. But what when it comes to the market research and the customer research, you touched on a few of those things, you know, surveys and stuff like that. Is there any other specifics you can share there? Like do you use Google to do trend search trend analysis? Do you is there something that like a tool or a way to conduct this research that you can share with our listeners? Well, we use different tools besides well, you know, Google. And depending on the market we want to cover, there are some software that help us I don't know, we, when we find competitors, for instance, uh, we try to use tools like Sunbrush to understand how, how many users or how many people is searching or looking for those, whatever keywords we define, but that's a specific case when we already have competitors to analyze. If we are from scratch and from zero. If, and if it's an industry that uh, there is like no many software as a service uh, software available, we are a little bit more blind and uh, we rely more on Google and trying to find documents over there to, well, to validate our initial ideas. Uh, that there are, uh, for instance, uh, there are now, especially nowadays, uh, a lot of new tools out there every day that we sometimes we feel we are, we are getting behind because for instance, for if there is a restaurants sector, there are some tools that with AI indeed, they provide you 
product insights about certain certain signs from the clients. So that's very up to depending on each of the, the niche that we want to cover. Sometimes we are going mm-hmm. to find software and sometimes not. And there we rely 100% of the skills of our researchers of finding the information we need to to feel. So now you found the research, you're now creating the pitch, the, basically the what's next for this client. What happens next? Well, the meeting, we, we present all this information in a way uh, that is uh, easy to catch, easy to analyze. Besides that, uh, all the information, we send that after the meeting. We try to explain the, the insights and uh, what should be the approach to uh, a supposed MVP for this. And then some cases, they are the clients are open and they say, oh, yeah. Most of the cases, their ideas are not 100% aligned with the, with the information we find. They are like 80%, 90%. So they most of, like 50% of the cases, they are open to I will say, yeah, I rely on this information. What I could go into be the next steps? Can I review it? Can I dig in into this or that or whatever? It's the, the, the thing that is more interesting for them. And well, we have also, uh, like, I, I'm not going to say 50%, but a high percent where they don't like what they see. Uh, and that's mm. uh, what I say, like change management techniques is, how we present the data uh, for this uh, type of clients that they are so in love with their idea and they, they are believed that they are not 100% open to see what we present. What are the ways you're doing this? <laughs> no, yes, well, mm-hmm. most on those cases, and kind of that experience or reading our clients, we do or we try to explain uh, in a way that say, well, what the market says, or using certain words not to say you need to do this, is not what we say, it's what the information is out there. It's up to you what you want to say, what you want to do. If you want to take an approach that was your initial idea that is against some of the data, you can do that, but then you are going to test that with the users. And by my experience, mm-hmm. those things will come up in the future when you're conducting testing and it's kind of two months, three months of waste. I try to say that in more diplomatic way, but I also offer like a, a little bit more. If you're, if we already have, in that case is that we have competed competitors out there. If there is users that we can test we can offer like a, a little bit more in-depth testing with the things that they want to know that we say A and they say, mm. no, for me, it's going to be B. We can conduct a, like, a survey for that, but because mm. it's going to bring, it's going to, to in the future to be maybe it, it could be the way we said or the, the research said, or maybe a third way, we don't know. But we, we try mm. to minimize all the all the how say the percentage of error that are going to lead to rebuild a product because the the user say no I don't need this or 
I don't know uh, what to do here. Uh, I don't learn, understand the idea. I don't need this. Love that. So let's go like best case scenario. This idea, there's a clear market fit or maybe it's not as clear, but there's an opportunity. There's a chance. Yes. Now, let's say they decide to move forward. Now, what is the next step that you all partner with them on? After all this uh, meeting, we send the information and then for them to review. If they have questions, we'll try to have another meeting. And then, well, it's like the kickoff of the project that is meeting the team and starting with the planning of the execution. The first, depending on the client and the nature, we try to provide some or design thinking or different, different spaces to interact between the team and the client to bring all the ideas into the table. And then to start building something that is going to be like the MVP. But yeah, that's kind of one, two weeks that, that that's going to happen. And it's going to be like the foundation for everything that is going to come next. Because, you know, an MVP could be endless. And we need to have like a prioritization. And that's like the end of this first phase is like the prioritization of everything that came up from those sessions. Like, okay, we are going to have 10, 12, 15 features, which are going to be the, like the, the basics that we need to have a minimum viable product besides, you know, sign up, login uh, and the, the basics. What else is needed there? How many uh, types of users we are going to have? Because, you know, sometimes in this or e-commerce or software as a service, you have different type of roles. If it's going to be something with a subscription, not just subscription, well, all those, de those mm -hmm. details uh, are going to be covered on, on defined and prioritized in this space. And then, yes, the hard work comes later to actually start the, the designs on the prototypes. I'm curious about this stage of ideation. So when you have the kickoff, the planning, there's some sort of design thinking workshops. I love that. How do you determine, or maybe you can like share a detailed technique that you're using as a workshop technique to identify those core use cases to then build the MVP off of, or these, yeah, the minimum viable screens or functions that this product needs to, to have. This is something that, well, all these decisions are made for by, by the teams itself, but we, we think that it's best to work with scoring, to put values at the end of the process, to put values to the features, that it was going to be the most valuable thing. What is going, like, Values yeah, in different dimensions, like for the users, for the business, for the market. And after that matrix, we are going to have uh, like a prioritization in numbers that we share with the clients and we agree if that makes sense or not. They are always like the last features. They are not a hundred percent vital and those that they are. So we try to negotiate what we can do with the time we have, because sometimes that's another thing. Sometimes we have like a time constraint. So we say, well, we prefer to have a solid MVP from one to five, to have it out there to be tested and then to be built and then get work on the rest of, of the, of the details that were out of that matrix. But yeah, we, 
try to prioritize that into different dimensions with different values. And that's part of all the team, the client, if they're, if he, he, she, they have a team also, if they are part of this process and, and the decision is team made. At this point, is there like a best practice or a rule of thumb that you have for the amount of evidence that you're collecting within that research phase to then move it to MVP? Or is it all kind of based on what the client wants to do as a result of your findings? All this process is conducted by, well, by a team, like uh, a team from our side. So we kind of participate on those as well as experts matters. And it's more always the client's final decision, but we help them or we try to advise them into what is going to be the best for the product. That part of the process, we are not that in love with the idea, but we are in love more with the process that we are conducting because we know that's where the good results are going to come from. So it's okay. We had the idea. Okay. Now we are in the execution. We are all, well, what needs to be done. So we are more an ally, ally for, for our clients. We want, of course, we want the best. So in these phases where we also, by this process of, of different techniques of design thinking, they start seeing what's the difference between their idea and the product and the business. So then mm. it's when the, it's like the aha moments of, okay, now I understand what you told me in that meeting two, three, four weeks ago, that some of my ideas like were more into the, the nice to have level, but is that they are not like business related, but yeah. So there's context that you're sharing within these workshops. They're kind of connecting the dots. They're understanding the value at this point of the, uh, to this process. And then yes. you're defining those use cases. You're working on those. What is that minimum viable within timeframes? I'm sure you're negotiating, going back and forth on timing and feature and availability. Yes. We want to get things out fast. So we're going to shooting for that as much as we can. And then what happens after this kind of like decision here? What What's the next okay. step? Lots of cases, it's an ongoing work. Um, it's not that well. We'll deliver like an MVP of five features and that's it. We deliver that with a user research before delivering that, like user testing, that everything is accurate, that they understand what to do where to click, et cetera. Uh, and they provide us feedback if they find that valuable or not for them. And well, once we deliver that, it's the decision. Most of the cases, they want to start building that right away. So we also try to accompany that on that phase because I've been, as I told, a protein manager before, and I saw the, the picture on the other side that sometimes the designs were good, but there are technical constraints. Uh, and well, that's where you need to make decisions and changes to the MVP. You need like the design and the product team there to validate that the changes that the technical team is asking are going to be accurate and aligned with all the work you've done, because otherwise 
is kind of throwing away a, a lot of months or weeks of, of work. So we also uh, we are also uh, with them in the development phase. Well, once there is something out there that could be start testing and they see that the, the users like it and they want to adopt it, they usually want to iterate new versions with more features or depending on the feedback. Once the MVP is out there, we try to use tools like Xpanel or, or those types to start measuring uh, a bit of how is the, the actual behavior of the real users to, to, to go to the next step that is building a business, a company, a software product. How are you injecting testing and experimentation throughout this process? Like where are those key moments where you go towards experimentation to provide learning or an answer as you're building or before, after, where are those points? While we are designing this product, like users research, it's the key on the prototype. We have different type of users with different demographics. Uh, to kind of click on there, to work around, to play, and to provide like the feedback there. Uh, once we have an MVP out there, and even before building it, we have this conversation with the client to say, well, while we are building, we might need uh, a tool to, after the MVP is out there, a tool to measure and we provide all the options that we've been working with based on features, based on also the budget. They decide and we uh, integrate that into the MVP to have a BR minimum of, of information from the users. And at that phase, we try to, if it's possible, to bring into the project any marketing team because we, in the past, we've been working with marketing teams, private teams and marketing teams together, and the results are even better than just the product or just the marketing team focusing on understanding that data. Nowadays, we have a lot of data. Uh, we need to be wise on which tools we are going to use to uh, read that information to make better decisions. And that's the challenge, of course, once you have an MVP out there with users. Uh, what do you read and how you read that? So yeah, we 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 advise on, on that as well. And we are there to, and to help analyzing the information. And as a part of this, there's probably recommendations you have for some of these tools and techniques that you have. Any come to mind? Like I know you mentioned Mixpanel. Is there any other tools that you like to keep in the tool belt to pull out for these kind of analysis or measurement or, yeah? Yeah, well, there are a ton of them. Um, I, I don't want What's to... What's your favorite? Really, well, Mixpanel is one of them, but you have a ton of, of, of tools and not all, only to analyze the data, uh, but also to interact with third parties. Again, nowadays... With AI, actually, I think one, two weeks ago, we were asking the intelligence to provide us which new tools are there related to 
product and there are a lot that we wanted to to test but yeah mixpanel is one yeah. of the most used because they cover pretty much what is basics for depending if you also want to interact with i don't know messaging or marketing that that's why we engage with them they propose other tool that are not uh, our expertise well depending on what you need to do what you want to to analyze and how big is your team. We also work with teams that there were not just startups, but a new product within a business that was treated as a new product within the product. And they, they already had a data team and their data team had like a whole back system, for instance, in to the Microsoft infrastructure and they provide you queries and, for instance, a Power BI that collected all the information from different systems into one. Mm. And that was, for, for me, as this as product managers, to be able to manage uh, different uh, dimensions and bring results with historical data was like this new world. So, yeah, well, depending on what that is, the, the possibilities of the clients is what you you can build. Give me a sense of maybe scope or time here. Like what it, you've been doing it for three years now in different variations. And I'm sure you've gotten better and better at this with your teams and, and the approaches that you've taken. But what's kind of like an expectation for like a time to go live on a project? Like from this ideation to shipping an MVP, what do you kind of like set that expectation for, for the client? That's a hard question because uh, of course, the answer will will be it depends. It depends on on the scope, how many how many different type of users you will have. But like a basic app with one or two users, and we tested this internally, and with an easygoing like a product owner or client, the basic is three months, and the solid could take until six months because it's building, not only building the designs and the prototype, but also testing that. And that takes a little bit of time uh, of arranging, of having the MVP and testing it and then implementing the changes. We are working in a non-profit app internally. We started on, 100% we started on April, March, April. And it's kind of July. We already have our second prototype to test the second time. It's not a hundred percent of a team advocate that. It's kind of part time. So that could be an idea. There are two types different of users, and also help us to understand this process from the inside of building a product from ourselves. So yeah, it's been taking. What? When you're saying testing a prototype, are you saying like a mock at this point, or is it a functional prototype? Yes, like a, yeah, a standalone. It's, okay, it's a prototype, design prototype uh, that we have our target users. Uh, we conducted the first testing one month ago, and now we are about to be ready to conduct the second to have more feedback. Well, what I guess that after that, this prototype is going to be ready to be built for MVP one with the basics. Now, with each of these clients, I would imagine you said there's a mix of, hey, we already have our own stack and you're kind of adding to it. 
or maybe we are don't have anything right and it's it's from the ground up what is the percentage difference for you is there more folks that like have code bases that you're contributing to or is it like brand new builds that are more exploratory that are uh, more flexible yeah i would say like it's more the the percentage 73 70 percent that they already have something you know 30 percent that is something from scratch Right. Well, and that's the, the challenge that we like to take. You target that, and then it sounds like the time to go live on existing code bases when you're brand new or you're working with the teams, I would imagine. Do you all have your own developers, or are you partnering with their developers to get some of this stuff done? Is it because I could imagine that being the longest time, like the understanding of the code base, how this stuff plugs into it, the feasibility of it tends to be difficult with like more enterprise businesses or larger businesses that have been around for a while. They have monolithic code bases, what have you. It just becomes harder and harder to build on top of, especially if that's like the core of their business. But is that something you run into at all? Well, we don't do development, but that we have partner companies. That besides that, yeah, of course, we need to partner with them. When it's an existing product, uh, the word refactor is a always heard uh, we need to refactor this to refactor that so the challenge on those type of projects is to have the balance between what we need to build that's going to be new and what needs to be fixed from the past because uh, it's a uh, uh, code that needs to be fixed and you you learn the hard way that you need to take care of both uh, sides I, I'm talking here like as project manager as well that sometimes if you don't fix something, it's going to cost you a lot in the future. Indeed, if you are building something new, sometimes you need to fix that base to uh, to build that that new feature. It feels like every company I'm a part of that has some sort of balance that you have to strike, especially being in product that this constant maintenance or this refactoring or this, yeah, how do you kind of balance it all, which ends up being the answer, right? It's just like, yeah, how do you delicately balance without people leaving the business and getting pissed off about building on this code base and then versus like innovating and you have this balance of that. That, that. So I love that. Well, um, thanks God we, we didn't have like lots of projects that were like that, where the fewer. But in those cases, the lesson learned is to hear the team and try to also involve them into the process of, okay, let's be honest. What is needed to be fixed really because something is going to be broken tomorrow and what can wait and let's balance on delivery. Hey, just let's deliver the new things as good as we can. So we have time to keep fixing all the, the code that I know that developers, they don't like to see the broken code. So it's a negotiation between teams. You've been doing it for a while now. And what has been your favorite workshop technique, process, artifact that is like a go-to now that you use always in these projects or your teams use? It's hard. At least for me, the, the best part of the process is when you have an MVP connected and you see like you can touch and it goes and it navigates through the app. It's not a 
it's not a technique, it's not a paper process, it's not a system. It's like that moment where you see the apple life. So that's like the, the porn of the child for me in, in yeah. the process. Okay. So we, we uh, kind of walk through the core processes of how you approach this with other companies. And if a business or an entrepreneur wants to get in contact with Vinali to go through this process with you and your team, how do they go about this? We are out there on LinkedIn. We have a page of team members and myself. We, they can book indeed from the web, our webpage. They can book a free consultation meeting that whatever, if it's for, for product or processes, is the, the first approach to know each other, to talk about the idea, and well, to see if we can help them building the, the, their dreams, as we like to say. Love it. And we'll link to that as well in the description. But you're speaking to a lot of product managers, product management leaders, and aspiring product people in general. Any advice that you would part on them as a part of doing product at a different level? There is like a lot of talented people out there. I like more to think about this as uh, networking. That's one idea I've been thinking about how we can network as brand managers or for this to bring ideas to, to everyone. And especially for the people that is new or they, that they want to get into the product world, from my point of view, this is something that is going to grow day by day, week by week and month by month. My sense is we need more people into product because there is a lot of work to do and there are like fewer hands. So if, I don't know, you like using apps and looking at the process and reviewing it and testing and the, looking at the designs. This is for you. Again, I came from processes and I, I used to love processes. And then when I got into product, I love products. So it's, it's the mindset and just having, just loving to have or to see the things tied up, working properly. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of. There is a lot of work to be done into the space. Well, I hope in, in the near future, we can have our own ecosystem, the product ecosystem. I, I've seen out there, like there are sales ecosystem, e-commerce ecosystem, like growth ecosystem. Okay. It's, I think it's about time to have our own product management ecosystem. So I, I, I hope to be part of that. We usually leave with some homework for our listeners too, so. There's a lot of good takeaways here, but one of the things that I have that I took away from this conversation was debriefing. I love this initial idea meeting. You know, we've experimented with idea forums in the past and it's it hasn't worked as well as I was hoping it would. And I just love the fact of sitting down talking with the individual that has an idea, especially if you're in an organization with a lot of folks that have great ideas and trying to understand it ahead of time before you move this thing forward or don't let it sit on a shelf too. I think that's a good way to debrief doing some research alongside of them. Bringing them along the journey goes a long way. So I think that might be some technique that you can use in your day-to-day. Is there any kind of homework you'd impart on our listeners today? Just to, if you don't, try to find your own process of organization. Uh, this is like more personal besides project manager and like things to be ordered something from the from 
working in Vinoli in a different, like more shift role. I, I thought that it was organized, but I wasn't that organized. So for you to be whatever role you want to head in the future, look for the system that works for you to achieve your goals. Just stick to those processes and believe in what it feels for you, the current way of doing things. For me, it's also lots of roles that are not a hundred percent technical, but you need like a lot of common sense. Sometimes is and especially if you have a lot of experience, just feeling like, like following your guts, follow your guts more often. That that would be my final advice. Well, uh, thank you, Joe, for joining us today. It was Thanks. a pleasure getting to chat with you about this stuff. And uh, yeah, it looks like we finished up our coffee. So go level up. Thank you. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.